Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today, and we're, today we're gonna talk about E3! Uh, I guess oh, you're gonna fuck. take it from me. All right, uh, then. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's you fine. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's fair. I, I, for like, maybe like the 30th or 40th time, started the podcast in the middle of you taking a sip, so you know. You know, the, honestly, the, I, we, we got there. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's got there. <laughs> yeah. Before we do that, buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? On this podcast, we talk about games. And because over the weekend, so E3 theoretically happens over the weekend, right? Um, and that includes, but it is bigger than that, right? Like that includes stuff that happened outside of the context of so, so this real. Is, this is funny, right? Like everybody assumes that, but like for the past five years at least, it's not actually E3 that happens over the weekend, but that's when the announcement happened, right? Because that's when all the shows are. Oh, really? Because like, I think E3 technically starts on, like, I think E3 is technically this week, right? This is so weird because I have worked E3. <laughs> right? Cause, like, and I honestly don't really remember the details. Because, like, the, the opening the um, the opening show, like, the, the, the you know, the Game Awards spinoff show, like, that's technically pre-E3. The Devolver show is technically pre-E3. I'm pretty sure the Xbox show is, uh, no, the Xbox show might have been technically during, um, and the Nintendo show today was during E3. Um, which is why we okay. did this today, is because the Nintendo show is today. Yeah, um, so we now have basically all of the big giant news that, that has come out from, uh, you know, most of the spheres of gaming. I think the big the big not present here is like a Sony PlayStation, right? Like we have bits from other places about Sony, but I, di I didn't get the sense that Sony itself, like, like Microsoft did, right? Uh, made a big announcement. But I also was not paying attention to the actual broadcasts themselves. I was mostly just picking up trailers and stuff as they released, as the news came out. Uh, so I guess I could be wrong about that. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure Sony this year does not have its own show. I, I think this is also true, uh, not last year, because last year didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Well, before. because they had a whole bunch of... They had a... They had a, a that was a big deal, that, them pulling out of E3. I actually remember that being, like, a news story at the time. Well, the, the big news story was uh, they pulled out of um, out of PAX East, which you and I were at. Um, oh, yeah, that's also true. Right on the brink of the pandemic, which, you know, yeah. was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so, obviously, there's a lot of news. Where do you want to start? What's the most, um, like, important bit? Oh, man. Uh, whew. Well, uh, I guess... I guess we start maybe with with that that Jeff Keighley show just because it was the the first big one. I, I think okay. Devolver was technically before or might have been. I, I watched them. Uh, I, so we didn't broadcast last week because I was on vacation, so I was watching all these after the fact. Um, but uh, the Jeff Keighley show, um, which I'm going to call Jeff Keighley show, even though it's got a real name, it's like the hyper. The, the real name is the Summer Games Fest, which we right. were actually in. In ah. two spots, though I won't, you know, we don't have to obviously dwell on that because it's, like, promotional or whatever. Like, we yeah. don't talk about it at the end. But, um, but yeah, so the big one there was Elden Ring, yes. right? Was the new FromSoft game, Elden Ring, which they said something about George R.R. R. Martin, but to be honest, this really just looked like a FromSoft game as far as I was concerned. Uh <laughs> Apparently he's, like, he, he, like, worked on the story with it, which, you know, who, who knows, right? Like, you know, if he did, he was doing that instead of, Winds of Winter, right? Like, that's the one that he hasn't finished yet. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, it looks like Dark Souls 4, right? Or, like... Yeah. Um, but that's kind of their modus operandi. I, I have heard uh, rumors that they may have done Elden Ring as a separate IP because I think it's 
Bandai, whoever the publisher is, it's either Tecmo Koei or Bandai Namco. It's Bandai, I think. Uh, uh, owns part of the 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 copyright in the name Dark Souls. So, I have also heard that actually that there is never going to be a Dark Souls four because of contract stuff. Uh, I don't remember where I saw this. I think I, to be honest, this is not news. This is right. just speculation. Like I think I saw this. It was like the most upvoted comment on like a Reddit post like six months ago or something. But they said that because Dark Souls took off so hard they had worse you know like they had like a worse deal for the dark soul series than they would be able to get now because they're so famous and like right i mean this is the second this whole genre this so. is the second time it happened too right because like there's there's been no demon souls too because sony owns all of demon souls right like that's that's why demon souls the demon souls remake was, oh i didn't actually know Blue that Point. either yeah but yeah because somebody was like oh i can't believe they're making because the, the point was the samurai one this was around the samurai one neo Sekiro. sekiro last year sekiro oh sekiro yeah neo so, was yeah, by yeah. team ninja who also had an announcement? Okay, yeah. So it was um, it was when Sekiro came out, where people were like, "Where's Dark Souls 4? And I and I read a Reddit comment. I was like, "That's not gonna be a Dark Souls Four, you guys." Yeah. <laughs> so they, they've said that they're not gonna do a Dark Souls Four, but I don't think they they've said because of copyright stuff. But like you know, it's you know this is it's a stepping stone, right? Sony owns all of Demon Souls, which is why Blue Point did the 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 remaster. Um, I uh, what did you say it was Tecmo Koei um, owns like half of Dark Souls. Um, well, so Bandai is is oh, publishing is this one. So if it's Bandai for both, it might be Tecmo Koei for Demon Souls or Dark Souls. I actually don't know. Yeah, uh, answer, we, can, we, we, can, we can figure this out. This is this is knowable things. Uh, it's Bandai Namco. This is attainable information. Yeah. Funnily, I put in Dark Souls into Google and it said Bandai Namco Souls series. So you know, uh, that, that, that's there your answer. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Elden Ring, I guess, I, it definitely just looks like more of the same. Is there anything in Elden Ring? I, it seemed like mounted combat was the thing that I saw people talking about that was different or new or exciting. Uh, oh. But I don't have a good sense of this because I've never played, like, any of these games. Really. Yeah, so, so the mounted combat's definitely different. Um, there was an interview that I, I haven't read myself yet, but I've heard summarized with Miyazaki, which apparently has much more content in it. Um, but also it's, like... Um, it's kind of like Breath of the Wild in that it's open world, but on the edges there are like six dungeons to go through that you can go through in any order, which is basically the Breath of the Wild um, in terms of structure. There's also apparently like smaller but significant changes like fall damage is historically pretty brutal in Dark Souls and they tone that down that way you don't have to worry about, like you, you can explore without, without uh, being as fearful. Um, apparently you can't mount up in multiplayer, various stuff like that, but you know, honestly, it being, like, an open-world-ish Dark Souls is enough for people who get, like, you know, that's enough to get me excited, right? Like, you know, screw Jar Jar R. Martin, right? Like, you know, but, yeah. uh, um, uh, not that I, not that that's a negative point, just, like, you know, I, if, if, if they didn't been, like, Dark Souls 4, I would have been happy, right? Um, mm -hmm. um, and the people... Really, the, pe the selling point here is the, from software, is making a new Souls-like game, Yes, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, no, uh... And you know, and other people have done decent Souls-like games, but nothing kind of quite hits the same way that, that Dark Souls does. Um, even you know, you ask people, some of the Dark Souls games don't hit like Dark Souls does. So yeah, I mean, everybody <laughs> hates Dark Souls too. I yeah. always see discourse about Dark Souls too, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Yeah, you know. Um, and part of that is like less the direct mechanics, but like um, all, like uh, Dark Souls Two is a lot more linear. Um, it's mm. like. Uh, it's I think it's spoken or hu spoken hub I think is the term. Um, I haven't played Dark Souls two myself. Um, I've only played one and three. Apparently, Demon Souls was also very spoken hub. Um, 
which I haven't played, but I've watched a full playthrough of. So, so I, can, I can attest to that. But, um, uh, uh, but yeah, um, people are excited about this one also because it seems to be like, like basically taking the best elements of the Spoken Hub model with the exterior worlds, but also the interconnected stuff that made Dark Souls One really cool. Um, like so the big thing that makes Dark Souls One really cool that they don't even fully replicate in Dark Souls Three, is that you kind of start exploring and then you'll open a door and you'll be like, oh. That's where that is. I know where I am, and you can like walk back to where you've been because historically there's no there's no map, right? Yeah. Um, apparently there will be a map in this game, um, which probably pissed off some purist somewhere, but you know, um, yeah. Um, Other big announcements from this one: uh, Jurassic World Evolution Two. Did you ever play Jurassic World Evolution? Do you have any nope. insight into that series? No. It's like a management sim where you build your own Jurassic Park, which I always thought was ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like making a, I don't know, what's a good example of this? It's like making a heist game out of Die Hard. You know what I mean? Like, the point of the game is that you shouldn't make, or the point of the movies and the book is that you should not make a park out of it. And then they turned it into a fucking park simulator. But I've actually heard that the park simulator is pretty good and pretty funny because one of the things it does is kind of anti-hold-your-hand in a way that is in keeping with those themes a little bit. So like it will, the tutorial will coach you on how to like put animals and things, but there's like a lot of hidden mechanics to stuff, right? So like if you put a Tyrannosaurus in, uh, in an enclosure with a Triceratops, it's gonna fucking kill the Triceratops and eat it. <laughs> and so the, the game like constantly coaches you into sort of failure states which i think is a really interesting sort of concept though it's not quite as dire as, I, as i'm making out to be like i feel like there's sort of a frustrating way that that is done and it is a much more minor thing right because like it it's encouraging you to you know uh kind of cut corners or whatever in ways that will sort of balloon and snowball into into kind of failure so i'm very interested by this choice to make a second one i feel like there has been a huge undercurrent for these sorts of simulation strategy, you know, kind of management games, um, and uh, but they never get like the big the big headlines. So I was surprised to see that, you know, in the um, Summer Games Fest showcase. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, part of it too is that it was it was it was let off by Jeff Goldblum, right? Like the mm -hmm. the, the the Games Award Associated shows always have like, you know, like like you could like the tones of all these. So you didn't watch any of the shows, but. I like watching the shows just because they all have their unique tones, right? Like the Summer Games Fest ones are – it has a bunch of celebrities that kind of don't belong there. And then Jeff Keighley fanboys over Hideo Kojima, which happened this time as well. Um, Hideo Kojima comes out, apologizes for – like as if he caused COVID to happen. Apologizes for Death Stranding for being too real too soon. And then, and then says twice, you know, I'm going to have to rethink how I, how I make games – because this is just like 9-11. Because right after 9-11, he releases Metal Gear 2 where, like, a big ship crashes into New York City. And then he had to edit that at the last minute. <laughs> well, speaking of Hideo Kojima, he also um, released uh, Death, Dress, Death Stranding Director's Cut. I watched this trailer, and I did not understand what was different between it and the regular Death Stranding. So, yeah, so... We don't, we don't know what's different yet, or at least as far as, like, the trailer. The, the thing that was the trailer is the trailer was Death Stranding aping Metal Gear Solid, right? Like, that whole thing was 
that's not Death Stranding. That's like you know, like the the box is is you know all classic metal. It's it's an in joke, right? Oh, I get it. Okay, see, I also haven't played Metal Gear Solid, so that yeah. blew over my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as I know, we don't know what the director's cut is. He might have said something afterwards, but that trailer that that trailer did not indicate what the director's cut would be. My favorite, like I saw a hot take on Twitter that was like, Death Stranding is the most unfiltered game out there. How is there any filter left to take away? <laughs> right. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, so what, what else was, was there, there were, there were a couple other big announcements. Oh, so, uh, Metal Slug Tactics stuck out to me just because I thought that was a neat way to bring back Metal Slug. Um, basically, Metal Slug is the classic kind of side-scrolling, uh, shoot, side-scrolling shooter, brawler almost. It's, it's like Streets of Rage with guns almost. Um, but they're, they're turning it into like a, uh, a grid-based tactics game, which is a very cool way to, I think to bring it back. That seems kind of perfect. Yeah. yeah, I get that absolutely. Um, uh, now that I'm now that I'm taking a look at this revealed trailer, uh, yeah, Metal Slug. I always think of uh, like Metal Slug just has like a very iconic aesthetic with those like just big chunky pixelated, you know, like over the top like tanks and shit. Um, so it definitely makes for a cool uh, tactics game. It looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and the other, like to your point about simulation games, a game that's been get, like got mentioned like three or four times in the shows I watch is Two Point Campus, which I don't care about at all. Um, but it's a campus simulation game. Um, there, there are a handful of these that you know, like like you said, the the the, the simulation games are pretty popular. I think they're kind of like coming into the the forefront, especially because I, I think part of it is that they're not like not that they're not hard to do. It's that the interface elements at least aren't super hard to do, right? Like they're, it's, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I also just don't think that they're very stressful, which people, you know, like yeah. get, you know. And, th and there's also a certain, um, you know, I almost sort of think Stellaris, it counts in this category. Because to a certain extent, it's just satisfying to watch number go up, mm. you know? And that's kind of what it boils down to sometimes. Um, is oh number goes up oh do more thing to make number go go even more up sure yeah absolutely <laughs> like yeah uh, and uh, what what else are, is is there uh, um oh yeah so did you do do you have opinions on what was this game uh, back for blood which is do you do oh, you play a lot of yeah, Left 4 Dead? The, the the Left 4 Dead game. I yeah. thought this was looked sweet. I had seen this before, but the bigger focus on it that I that I ended up seeing made me more hype cuz this is like, you know, I sort of missed Left 4 Dead, right? Um, it isn't a genre that I like. I like these sort of horde PvE shooters, right? Like, obviously, we did a whole cast on Killing Floor. I've talked about Payday, right, and how much time I put into Payday 2. Um, and Back 4 Blood is an interesting case because it is sort of like, you know, one of the big things is that it's from the makers of Left 4 Dead, right? Um, and it is uh, under, like, kind of, like, underwritten, by a classic or like nostalgia kind of vibe which i think is neat but like this seems like a very modern genre to me right like what was the first kind of horde shooter i feel like it was just left for dead and that was like you know 10 or 15 years ago so um so i liked i liked back for blood i thought back for blood looked very cool 
Yeah. Uh, they did a they, their thing this weekend was a PvP thing, the swarm whatever they called it, swarm mode. Uh, uh, PV. Oh, oh, was, wasn't that a feature in in the original Left for Dead or Left for Left for Dead Two? Maybe, right? Like, uh, might have been. I like I think you, I think you could but, play as the zombies like in in that. Maybe not in the same the same thing. But I lo- I remember seeing that being like, isn't this just parody with, like, because it's it's not Left for Dead Three because I think that IP is owned by Valve, but um, yeah. you know it is, um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I actually don't know offhand. Really, I like this game in theory. I don't really know how much I care about this yeah. PvP mode, right? Um, this this swarm mode. But this was just the thing that was announced at E3. Fair. Um, was there, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, so I think the weirdest announcement at this show was um, the Deviation Studios announcement. Did you follow this at all? Oh, I know Deviation Studios because... Uh, Deviation Games, you mean? Yeah, that one. Yeah, so Deviation Games, uh, one of it's it's former Call of Duty devs and uh, and former Blizzard devs. Like the guy, like the head writer on WoW for a long time is like the creative director at Deviation Studios. And I think I and he moved to the Hearthstone team, and that's where I knew him from. I knew him because he was doing Hearthstone stuff, and um, and it popped up on my Twitter feed because I think I was still following him, even though he had moved off of Hearthstone right. and wasn't tweeting about Hearthstone anymore. And he just tweeted out this thing, and I was like, "What the fuck? I have no idea what it's doing." They just said that they're working with PlayStation, so yeah, I'm, that, that's why this announcement was so weird, right? It was like yeah. Deviation Studios, we exist and we're working with PlayStation, and I, you know, at the moment, everyone was like, eh, "Yeah, eh, and they're they're a game, no game, just like yeah, we exist, we're former, you know, yep. we're talent, and we're working with Sony, um, which might be the biggest Sony announcement of the show, honestly." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably. They didn't have a huge presence um, of the show. There's some other stuff that came out in other spots, right? So, also on Friday, but I think it was in a different thing, was um, the Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song trailer. Did you see this? Right, yes I did. I don't understand this trailer that much, because I my understanding is that, like, it is following on a game that I guess I just never played. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. The trailer was cute. It was it was neat. Yeah. Um, so do we do we do we want to move to a different a different show then? Uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so I'll let you pick next: uh, Devolver Digital or Xbox. Uh, let's do Devolver. Okay, Devolver should be short because um, most of the attraction of the Devolver show is the show. Like it is the one show to watch for the show and not for the announcements. Yeah, because it, it's just a gigantic shit post. Yeah. Um, although, I think it's... So, so I was bringing this up in, in, in one of our private chats, but I wonder how long until this shtick wears thin, because, like, they make this big joke about, like, you know, the abuses of the game industry, but then they proceed to, like, like you know, the the joke was that, you know, in the old shows, like, you know, uh, you know, you throw your money at the screen and Devolver will magically get it. That's not real, right? But, like, some of the stuff they did is real right like they released a suit a suit and a vhs tap tape a vhs tape is it like a non-fuckable with tape right which is you know an nft joke right um and they're both they both sold like the nft sold the, the tape sold for like a thousand bucks and the suits sold out at like 500 bucks a pop um and they were making fun of like the monetization on this mobile game right but it appears that game is coming out and like, 
they made a joke about like physical only releases and I think that game's physical only release so at what point yeah, is I it also, not ironic anymore? <laughs> I also saw like the big thing is you know Devolver um, is kind of morphing into a more traditional publisher right um, over time, right? So, like, when the Devolver Digital was first starting, like, first starting out, they were, like, a true bottom indie game sort of publisher, right? But they have been scaling kind of upwards over the past right. couple of years. I mean, in no small part, I'm sure, because, you know, these are big... These are, like, big shows, and they get yeah. a lot of they get a lot of press off of them, right? Uh, but, like, they published Fall Guys, Fall Guys has a season pass. You're like, it, look, it, that's how, what is the, where is the line between Fall Guys as a AAA game and Devolver, right? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, though I will say, by the way, Fall Guys did get sniped from Devolver, so I don't think they are technically still publishing Fall Guys, because the Fall Guys studio, didn't they get bought by Epic? Um, they so, might have, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, know, what the, I don't know what the publishing agreement is there, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I have no idea either. But like, that's just like the, the the example in my mind, right? Like as as Devolver kind of gets more and more legitimate, right? Um, where do they? When do they lose being able to parody this stuff, right? Yeah, um, I saw a lot of discourse about like what is the line between an indie game, right, and like a triple A or like a double A game, right? Um, because lots of folks were talking about indie games that and you know and obviously like i'm on indie game twitter and i see what indie game devs talk about on indie game twitter and like look i i understand that people might think certain of these titles are indies but really they are triple a games that are just lower really like double a games i would call them, right, right? Like, Shadow but, like nobody ever right? wants to be a double a game they want to right. be an indie game Right, right, yeah. Um, you either want to be an indie game or you want to be a triple A game. Being double A is kind of like what you know, but that's like yeah. So like, like you have a you have a game with a development studio, right? With you know fifty to a hundred people and a budget of ten million dollars, but that's an indie game. You know, it's like that, what are you talking about? An indie game is made by like ten or less people, please. Like yeah, come I, mean, I I think I mostly agree with you there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think there's there, there's room, like I think I could I could see situations where like you know if it's like less a concerted development effort and more community project where you could have more developers. Yeah. When, but you know I I take your point right. Like I think to your point, Devolver publishes a variety of things. And I think Shadow Warrior Three falls pretty squarely into Double A, right? Like I, I, oh yeah, that's a great example of a Devolver game that is a legitimate right. Like yeah. that I would never call Shadow Warrior a an indie game. Yeah, but like Wizard with a Gun and Inscription, um, which are also games that I think look super awesome. The, the other games they announced I think look really cool, but they mostly fall squarely into um, into indie game territory to me at least. Um, yeah. Uh, um, the only other thing, so the, the big joke of this show, which I also thought was a little bit flatter than the um, than the the previous ones, not because it wasn't a clever idea, but just because like like to, to the point of like where, where the line is, right? Like um, the joke was monetization as a service, and Basically, you can go get their game. Like the the joke is, you get the Devolver Max Plus, Max Pass Plus, and it's totally free. But you have to buy the games, right? Like so, it's like basically the pass is meaningless, which is 
less biting than it usually like than the criticism usually is like i feel like the the like the the truer version of this would be like you actually go and pay for it right and like then you don't mm. actually get anything out of it um uh which i don't know what like i don't know quite know why that was tempered so much also on the other hand like the other part of this too is like i actually think the the xbox game pass is pretty good deal like i don't think that's like a thing to satirize right like i think it's it's actually a good deal right like yeah i also agree with you and it honestly kind of got upstaged because the xbox i mean i guess to transition a little yeah the xbox game pass continues to be an even better deal with the announcements that they made in the microsoft show yeah. right where it is getting like the like day one real titles that I would really want to go out and, and play. And I'm just like, wow, that is awesome. That is really good. And I, I don't know if it, it really felt like I, in an overall sense, Microsoft was very ahead of the curve in this. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I in, think in this presentation, just to lay it on the table, I think the best presentation, like Xbox slash Bethesda is either the best or the second best kind of like flip flop tied with Nintendo and Nintendo is all about um, content and uh, which is fine. But like, it's like, you know, that's that's kind of whatever. Like the Xbox kind of like a full vision, I think was was much more impressive, right? Like, you know, Game yeah, Pass absolutely. everywhere, right? Like, you know, um, I don't think anything's exclusive to the consoles, right? Like everything, like everything that's coming out on Game Pass, you know, if you have Ultimate, you can play on your computer, right? Um, uh, which is great for us. Um, I don't know how that figures into their long term vision about um, uh, uh, about like you know console adoption since obviously there's less of a reason to, to to get like an xbox series x um if you do that um yeah i i uh, i watched in real time like i felt like i was watching a nature documentary it was a playstation fanboy and an xbox fanboy like going at it in, at twitter and i watched like their replies back and forth and i read this whole thread and one of the things that i thought was very interesting that the microsoft guy made like the point that the microsoft guy made is that because the, the the PlayStation guy was like nobody owns a fucking Xbox, you know, like because it's a shitty console, right? Everybody owns PS Five, and PS Five has all the good exclusives. And the Microsoft guy was like, yeah, that's kind of the point because people play the good Xbox games like Outer World on their PC and on the Xbox. So if you want to do it on a console, you can. If you want to do it on your PC, you can. You're just being a dick by like hoarding these games to yourselves or whatever, which obviously is like a shitty argument for a variety of reasons, but it was kind of a neat, a neat sort of point that like, yeah, I do sort of think that part of the reason that it feels like Microsoft is a little ahead of the game when it comes to the Game Pass is the cross promotion between console and PC, right? Like I don't think of Outer Worlds as an Xbox exclusive, but it sort of was in a sense. And it it's coming to Game Pass is the way that I played it. So I think of it as a PC game, right? Um, and I feel like that's probably going to hold true for Starfield, for Outer Worlds 2, for, what was the other stuff they announced? Halo, obviously, Halo Infinite. Uh, I also saw a lot of discourse about that, by the way, which we can talk about, but yeah, yeah so. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go through some of the, the Bethesda slash Xbox announcements, uh, because they're, they're, like, like I said, this and the Nintendo one, I think are like the, the big meaty ones, besides the ones we've talked about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so the big the big one at the top is Starfield, right? Um, Starfield's not going to be on PlayStation, right? Which is like, like that's like the, so the, the, two, the two biggest things about the Starfield announcement are one, it's not going to be on PlayStation, and two, at the very beginning beginning of the video, it says pre alpha footage, creation engine, 
two, which means it's a new engine. Like, that's, like, literally the most significant thing in the whole trailer, at least to me, right? That they're finally upgrading the fucking engine. Whatever fucking Faustian bargain they did, they made to fucking put out Fallout 76, got them whatever money they needed <laughs> to... So, I mean, uh, it's fair, you know? That is that is very fair. It was nice to see Creation Engine 2. I, I do agree. I also think that, you know, this is really where Microsoft wanted... I think it was in the, you know, in the fucking terms of, like, Microsoft buying Bethesda that they were like, you have to talk about Starfield. We have to show this game. It, we, it was announced in 2017, four years ago, like... We can't not talk about this a little bit. And even then, it honestly was not... You didn't see any combat. You know, you didn't see any gameplay. You just sort of saw... Well, you, you saw the this... prologue to the game, right? Like, you know, because, like, it's him getting into the spaceship to go do the game, is, is yeah. my understanding, right? And I do and I do like the tone. Though, to be honest, it's funny because um, I've been playing a little bit of No Man's Sky, which we can talk about in the back half. I've been playing a little bit of No Man's Sky. And so this definitely feels a little bit like, you guys missed your window. If I want to play this game, I'll just play fucking No Man's Sky, dudes. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they say that it's Fallout in... Or, it's not Fallout in space. Skyrim in space, specifically. Which I'm interested by. It definitely is in that same vein of, like... Um, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda was this. Um, this we've talked about the, the Star Wars thing of, like... You're in your ship, and you're exploring the galaxy with, like, your buds. Right? Outer Worlds was also this... Um, which is just like a tried and true genre, which I thought was really interesting. Um, something that I almost thought was weird and dissonant in all of the stuff is that I got a very hard science, like almost like like NASA, you yeah. know, understanding of uh, of space from this. Like, there's a lot of like exposed circuitry and stuff like that, and the way that like the control panel works, and the way that like. You know, the, the bolts on the starship were all, like, riveted, you know, like, riveted in. It just really gave me, like, a much more tactile feel compared to the sort of, like, you know, playing Mass Effect, for instance. Like, Mass Effect has a very sterile sort of, like, plastic sort of, like, action figure version of space, right? It is not, it is not really trying to sell me on, like, a realistic version of space. It's trying to sell me on a fantastical version of space where people have biotic superpowers and holographic right. wristwatch orange things we're, or, or at least we're, we're the advanced language, enough. Or at least we're advanced enough that, like, we can have aesthetics in space instead of just, like, function in space. And this is still very yeah, much yeah, yeah, the yeah, function yeah, yeah. in space. The aesthetics of the trailer gave me that function in space, but all of the words that they used gave me the sort of fantasy in space, right? You know, he talked about it being a very Star Wars story. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Todd Howard. Like, I read an interview with Todd Howard where he was like, oh, this is a very Star Wars story. It's a, it's a Han Solo story. You get in your ship and you go and explore the galaxy. Um, and it's like, you know, like, when I think of Star Wars, when I think of Han Solo, I don't think of, like exploring the final frontier i guess i think of a lived in sort yeah. of uh, established galaxy which seems kind of counterintuitive but i don't know there just wasn't yeah. that much yeah yeah no i'm and i'm excited to see more right like it's what it's fall of next year um which yeah. would, will be impressive like i kind of that's a date that i think might slip um which you know whatever um but especially uh, this far out i mean jesus like it is more than a year out, it's very easy for dates like that to to slip. Like just just the nature of polish and builds and bugs and stuff like that, it's so hard to estimate how much that will affect your launch date. Yeah, no, I, and you know, 
who knows what the tail end of COVID looks like even, right? Like how, how much, you know. Uh, yeah, obviously. I, I mean, like, you know, one of the one of the things that I that I saw people complaining about was how some of the announcements felt very flat. Like Square Enix had a bad showing, apparently. People, they, they announced one game, this Guardians of the Galaxy well, game. They announced two. They, well, what was the second well, they, they announced several, but do, do we want do we want to wait to go to that show? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we can wait. Yeah. I, I just mean that, the, the, like, there was a... There's sort of, like, a discontent about some of the announcements, right? Like, Microsoft, Nintendo, they sure, they hit it off, right? Yeah. Like, the, the the game show with Jeff Keighley in the beginning, like, that stuff is always going to do well because it's a big hodgepodge of a bunch of different people. There's a bunch of indies mixed in there, right? But, um... Uh, but then I saw a lot of people who were just like, bros, like, it's... We're coming on the back end of COVID, right? Like, it is... There is going to be real pieces of of these sorts of announcements that are missing just because you know uh of how of how i mean you and i are living that in yeah. world of warcraft right like there hasn't been a, a patch for we don't have a release date you and i are living that life. in real life right like both of our, both yeah. of our day jobs right like <laughs> no that is absolutely true right like i think um i definitely think that it is a bigger hit than people have necessarily seen and so, if you are a consumer hanging out at your house watching this show and kind of mentally comparing it to other shows, uh, it might it might look that way. But I just feel like yeah. the ramifications of COVID are huge. I, I so I, I wonder, like so in the kind of the wider world, right? Like there's big discussion about like how what back to work looks like, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know people people who are potentially leaving their jobs with their companies because the companies are asking them to come back to work. They're like I like working remote. I'll find a company that lets me do full remote. I think this has a potential to be like much more impactful on games because it's much harder to make someone crunch when they're not in the office, right? Yeah. Like, and wow, you know, that's a good point. Um, and so I wonder if you know either people are like I'm not doing this anymore, or like you know people who are it's like well, you know we told them to crunch and they didn't, and we had to push the date a bit more, you know. And that's probably better for like the industry on the whole, right? Like crunch isn't great, a great practice, um, at least in, in excess, right? I think mean, I think you can make arguments for like short-term goal pushing but that's that's neither here nor there um i also think that it's harder to do certain things the game studios rely on just uh, administratively right you know um for instance something that got like like jeff or jason schreier talked about the release of shadowlands and he talked about how one of the things they did to get shadowlands out the door was pull a bunch of devs from the overwatch team um just to temporarily do you know, polish, bug fixing, all that kind of stuff, you know, just, and, and for a short amount of time, right? Two months or whatever. That's a really easy thing to do. If you're in the office, you just say, Hey, listen, for the next couple of months, you're going to go here instead of here, right? Go to this office instead of, instead of that office or pull from this depot instead of this, like, you know, whatever, but doing that at home, switching gears entirely to go to a completely different game, a completely different project, get up to speed on that project. Like that's a really tough thing to do. And I think there are a million examples of these kinds of things that go on, you know, in the product management of game companies that, uh, that is absolutely going to get hit by. Yeah. Plus like I, I I have to imagine, um, for, for large games, right? Like doing things like working with the code base in a way, right? Like, um, I don't, I don't know how, how, how any of these big companies do it, but if you have to, like, I, ima- I imagine if you're, like, next to the, the build machine, right, you can pull the code directly and it's not a big deal. Whereas if you have to do that on oh, the yeah. internet, like, you know, like, that's, then you're beholden to, you know, Comcast or whatever, right? Like, no, this, this directly affected me. I, we, like, upgraded our internet a bunch because I was spending a bunch of time downloading and uploading shit all the time. And, you know, we're just talking about indie games, right? These things are, 
even the biggest one of them is going to be less than five gigabytes, right? But imagine, you know, having to be pushing and, you know, commits to the, like, the builds of a game like, you know, WoW, Final Fantasy, right. you know, Starfield, any of these huge, huge titles, Call of Duty, right? Call of Duty's 150 gigabytes, right? Like, holy shit. Yeah, and you're not, you're not building them on your, there's one of two things that's happening, right? Because you're almost certainly not building it on your local machine just for security reasons, right? Like, in, in something that oh they, yeah yeah i didn't even think about that so like how how like maybe i guess maybe they've got like a streaming setup so you can stream it remotely because like that's the only way that makes sense to me right like unless you gotta send it have it build remotely and then they send you back the executable that's gonna be like a multi-hour round trip right like there's there's I, i'd actually be really curious as to as to how they do that i don't know if that's public information i am also insanely curious now that you've mentioned it yeah i, I have no clue yeah because that's awesome yeah um, I mean, I, and one of the you know one of the big casualties of COVID was, some, or part of it was, was Cyberpunk, right? Like, they couldn't they, because of their concern over control of the game, they couldn't get uh, third party testers in on machines, right, to to test it, right? So like that's and third party testing has got to be tough. Like, companies don't want to do that remote because it's a security, like a real security, like a big security risk again. So, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but anyway, they're, 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 <laughs> the Microsoft. <laughs> so what else got announced in here? Stalker the 2. Sea of Thieves thing? Oh, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, Stalker 2, 2. for sure. Yeah, no. So I uh, did you play Stalker 1? I have not. I did not play Stalker 1, but I really like this trailer. This yeah. might honestly have been one of my favorite trailers. Maybe because I really enjoy Chernobyl, <laughs> like that TV show. But I don't know. I thought Stalker 2 looked really great. So, so this is one of the games to me that's like, I don't know if I would have purchased this on my own, but it's on Game Pass. I'll play it, right? Like it, it is is like a game passable game, right? Like. Yeah. Um, uh, Back for Blood got more play. Um, oh, this contraband game looks interesting. There's nothing there, right? Like it's like literally like a, a cinematic trailer, but it looked it looked neat. Um, and then like yeah, there was another game that was just a trailer that I thought looked neat. Uh, Redfall. Well, Redfall. The... Red or yeah, Redfall or Redfall. Yeah, Redfall. You're right. The uh, the vampire yeah, yeah. game. It is the next game from the Dishonored guys. Yeah, um, Arcane. Yeah, or the, Ar- the Arcane, which I thought was. A little depressing. I really like the Dishonored series, uh, but I guess maybe Dishonored Two didn't sell or something like that because I haven't heard anything about a Dishonored Three. Um, and uh, but I just this this trailer just looked neat. It like really showed off a, a sweet kind of world and aesthetic that I was absolutely on on board for. Um, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, you like you said there was the Sea of Thieves? See if Thieves is getting a Pirates of the Caribbean update, which is... Uh, it's the stupidest thing. Which, to be honest with you, I I am... It is... I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, it's like if there was a Lord of the Rings crossover in, like, World of Warcraft. Or, like, Total War Warhammer 2. Right? It's like if I could get Gimli as a legendary lord for the dwarves in Warhammer. I was just like... Because it's so clear to me... That Sea of Thieves derives its lifeblood from the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah, series, yeah. right? Like, Sea of Thieves is a game that's like, did you do you think the Pirates of the Caribbean series is a cool set of movies in a fun world that's really interesting? Then, fu- then, like, this is the game for you. Play this video game, right? But it's just so weird and dissonant to me to put the thing that inspired the derivative of in the deriv in the derivation right like i don't know yeah yeah no i i, I agree i agree it's, it's weird it's 
All right. So what, what else? What else happened in, in here? That's that's super notable. Um, oh, no, oh did, did you want to talk about six thing that I did not look at? Yeah, no. I was never playing that game. Uh, so twelve. I've actually heard that that game got good. Somebody somebody told me. I had a conversation with somebody the other day where they were like, "No, Fallout seventy six is legitimately really good and really fun, and you should play it." And I was like, "Okay, so, but no." I, I I if it's on Game Pass, I might right like. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Um, so, like, some of these indie hits, like 12 Minutes, which is by Annapurna, uh, uh, or is published by Annapurna, um, which Ooh. is not Aquapara. How, how often do you guys get that confusion? Um, Very commonly. It, it was a big deal at PAX East because we would tell people, oh, hey, go to the Aquapara booth, and they would go to the Annapurna booth. Be like, where are you? Yep. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately for you guys, they're, they're, a, they're a bit bigger deal right now. Um, like, 12 Minutes is getting a lot of play. It's got, what, Willem Dafoe as, uh, as one of the voice actors, I think. Uh, it looks really cool. Um, it's, you know, it looks very indie. It looks very indie in, like, the indie movie sense, not necessarily in the indie game sense, although it's kind of got those vibes, too. Um, yep. Uh, uh, like you said, Fallout 76, Hades, which... Game Pass, if that gets to more people. You want to talk about Halo a little bit, right? Yeah, so uh, people are really mad about uh, the t-shirt or whatever thing that like Cortana is wearing in the new in the new Halo Infinite. Do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, Do you care about like virtual boobies? Uh, Eric Kane had an article about it earlier today. He's like... Oh, what, what did he say? Uh, he was like... He was like, it's not Cortana, right? It's like a different thing, and like he he had he had a deeper take about how like Cortana's oversexualized nature in Halo Four was an intentional thing because that he views Halo Four story as essentially a, a romantic story between the Master Chief and Cortana, blah blah blah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I just kept st- like I just kept trying to figure out if she was the girl from or the the secondary woman from Thor. Like the the sidekick, Natalie Portman sidekick. That's that's why that's that's, that's what I thought she was. The 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 character. Let me, that, let me see the the new Cortana. I, I, it's a character that you like. Cat Jennings, you mean? I think the, the the one that's like the 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 coffee girl. In Thor. Yeah, yeah. So that's Cat Jennings. I don't think so. But okay. Maybe. I don't know. I, don't I, know. Just, I just kept staring at me like, is that who do I recognize? Ever? Is that the that girl? Um, and then I didn't bother to look it up, which I could have, but I didn't, because um, I didn't care that much. I don't know. It's Halo. Yeah, I think the take I agree with most is I do think that she's probably like too hard sexualized in some of the old ones. Like I would, if I was, if I was a character designer, I would probably change like Cortana's character design. But I definitely think that the new one is like kind of bad. I just think it's ugly to be honest. Like I don't really care about like the. It just yeah. doesn't. It just doesn't look good. I feel like I feel like the thing the thing I like about kind of Cortana or like there's a version of this in Mass Effect called Avina um, that I like is this sort of idea of like um, the Vitruvian man or like a Greek statue, right? Like it's not sexual, but it is nude because it's like a kind of. Uh, uh, a, I don't know, like a fundament. It's like the fundamental human form, right? And um, and so I feel like that's the kind of balance that that I would want to that I would want to strike compared to I don't know yeah. whatever this thing is. She has a weird uniform. Is the thing is that it looks like she's wearing a uniform, which yeah. is like why the fuck would a, an AI use a uniform? 
I, I would recommend looking up the, the Arcane article. It's on his Diabolical newsletter. Um, just because okay. he, he, he agrees with you. He thinks that she looks too blocky. Um, he's got a nice image that's like the first four Cortanas, which are get, get increasingly sexy. Um, and then uh, he com makes the comparison to Tomb Raider, where she got less sexy, but she still looked fine, right? Like the, the his criticism. Yeah, that is actually, that is a great point. I think that that is very correct. Yeah. Uh, the, it, it's like the Tomb Raider thing where it's like, you know, you can, I don't know. I just feel like that there are, there are way more dimensions to <laughs> what, uh, you know, to what a character design can look like that aren't just like, how much booby is there? Yeah. <laughs> Which is sort of what the, the conversation was focused on. Yeah. I mean, there's also like, we don't know anything about the character yet, right? Like, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with sexy, but like, yeah. it's also like a, a weird character, especially because it's not the ca same character, right? Like, it's not Cortana, right? Like, like I could maybe understand the point a little bit more if this was supposed to be Cortana and it's not, but uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I'm actually looking at a Halo 5 version of Cortana. I wonder why they moved off of this. Uh, the Halo 5 version of Cortana. Oh, wait, wait. Is she a real person? Oh, wait, no, never mind. Maybe she's is a it Dr. Person. I never played Halo 5, so Neither I don't even I. know. I'm just, I'm just looking at this stuff on Google, and the Halo 5 version of Cortana also is sort of wearing a, you know, like wearing a, a, a suit or whatever, but... The, hold on, I, I I can link you the literal image that I'm that I'm looking at. Oh wait, what the fuck? This isn't the link. Show me the. I want. I just want to see this image. Where's she? Here we go. Uh, where did you link it to me? Uh, I just put it in the Discord. Okay. That is apparently from Halo 5, which, again, I never played. But, like, that's a very reasonable version yeah. of Cortana, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't play Halo 5 either, so... I have heard that the Halos... That, that I liked Halo 4. Did you ever play Halo 4? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I think I played... Halo 4 was the first one with the new studio, 343, instead uh, okay. of um, Bungie. Bungie, yeah. Uh, but I actually liked that that story quite a bit. It really took the franchise in a new direction, which I liked and I thought was cool, and it interacted... Like, it introduced a bunch of, like, new sweet lore. It wasn't anything crazy, but I I remember, like, playing it, having a good time. It was maybe, like, a year or two after release, that kind of thing. But, um... Uh, then Halo 5 came out, and my understanding is everybody hates Halo 5 from a lore perspective. Like, it was just... It was a bad game, and it, it was not good, and they're mad about it. Um, and so Halo Infinite has a lot of scrutiny because people aren't necessarily trusting of, uh... Three four three to handle the yeah. the series. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see. The game looks neat. I don't know how Halo-y it will be. I'm not enough of a Halo fanatic to uh, to, to to care so much, but it does look it looks fun. Um, uh, sure. The the yeah. one the one thing that I, I realized watching the trailer is you know Halo doesn't have that kind of like ADS thing that COD kind of like baked into me for a long time, right? Like that you kind of have to ADS except in certain specific situations. Um, so that'll be interesting to to, to see how that how that uh, works out. Um, but uh, before we spend too much more time, since we're fifteen minutes in, uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about in the Xbox show? Replace looks really cool. The Outer Worlds two trailer um, was. Oh, I love that. That that okay. I'm sorry. I said before that something was my favorite. That was my favorite thing in all of this. 
Outer Worlds 2 trailer, which was... Oh, my God. I've been in a million meetings that have been exactly like that. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, for, for the folks at home that may not have seen it, it's very sarcastic, right? It's like, you know, it's a trailer, and there's there's nothing... Like, very openly, here's... A, like, it's basically describing what a video game trailer looks like. Um, yeah, it is like... It, like, describes the process of someone who has made a trailer explaining the trailer to you in a marketing meeting. It was, like, uncanny. Uh, I, I have heard... But, yes. I, I have heard through the grapevine that the... And by the grapevine, I mean through somebody on Twitter or something, that the guy who made it was like, I can't believe they let me make this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, one of the funny things about the the, the Outer Worlds 2 trailer, I, I have seen a lot of good trailers and bad trailers be made for a lot of different sorts of... Uh, sorts of reasons but uh one of the things i actually did find pretty funny about the outer worlds 2 trailer is sort of how hollow this style of trailer really is which is what makes it transcendent it is both a piece of marketing material and truly magnificent satire because i agree with you like you said it actually doesn't show anything about the game and one of the things that we have learned you know that that i have learned the more i'm doing marketing stuff right with with occupier and everything is that people don't really like trailers like this these are the trailers that we want and they're and they're also the trailers that kind of get shared sometimes right but the real trailers that people respond to are mostly like you know um there's a guy a friend of mine who does a series about like what makes uh like what makes like good indie game steam pages and one of the things he talks about is uh on an indie game steam page people don't want to see cinematic bullshit on a trailer they want you to basically put together a 30 second gif of your gameplay and have that be the first thing that shows because if you start with from the from the whatevers of what they're literally just going to scroll down nobody's going to watch the trailer <laughs> Which I think is, uh, which I think is just true, and it's so funny that like the Outer Worlds two trailer kind of highlights that, right? Like this looks like every fucking trailer I have ever seen. Honestly, the the Battlefield trailer, which also came around around this time, um, I think it was earlier last week. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the first announcement was earlier last week, but they had gameplay during the show. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So I saw the first trailer, which was early last week. That trailer looks a lot like the Outer Worlds trailer with, like, the blobs and shit like that. <laughs> I just thought, oh, God, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, I never even... Bar I barely played the Outer Worlds one, right? We, we talked about this where I got to that hub world, and it was a good game that I was having a lot of fun with, but I got to the hub world that I just, like, eh. put it down and yeah, never same. picked it back up, and I, could, I, I can't explain it to myself. And I, it makes me want to go back and play the first one because you know, uh, that 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 is my understanding of like the kind of popular opinion of that game is that it was good but like not spectacular. And two will probably be good, like very good then. But you know, who knows? In a way, I sort of, I you know, like I spent sixty bucks on that game, right? Like I didn't, ha it was on Game Pass, but I didn't get it through Game Pass. I I straight up bought it, um, and I don't even really regret that purchase in a sense. Even though I didn't actually play the game. Because I do think I like games like this and I want them to continue to be made in a way, right? Like, I like the idea that I am signaling in a dumb way that, yes, I would like to see more games like this, please. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the last two things that were shown off at the uh, the Microsoft show, I'm only mentioning these because they always get me. It was Microsoft Flight Simulator and Forza. And these games always look... They're the best looking games that I give zero shits about. Like I know. Like it also feels like other people 
really care about it and yeah. I can't understand. People really care about Forza specifically. I've never seen anyone in the whole world give a shit about Forza except for Forza people and you know what? Fair enough. More power to you, yeah. right? Like And Forza is at least like a game, right? Like I like like Flight Simulator I feel like belongs at like an aviation conference, not at a video game conference, right? Like cuz it's it's not even like I mean it's not even like uh there's like not like a competitive aspect to it, right? It's just like the joy of flying for people who don't actually fly planes, which, you know, fair enough, mm. but, like, that also has a movie tie-in, apparently. Um, Top Gun is getting a tie-in in Microsoft Flight Simulator. <laughs> you can play as Maverick. Um, you know, that's fun, yeah. I guess. That More power to you, yeah. people who want to play as a movie character from 30 years ago. The, have, you, have you seen Top Gun? There's a new yeah. Top Gun movie coming out. Are you Are you, like, interested in that at all? Yeah, um, I guess um, there there's some I, there's some rumblings about how like unlike the first good American one, the second one's like funded by the Red Chinese, um, and so we'll. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I watched the first Top Gun for the first time. I think you last talked about year, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It like it like washed over me. I honestly do not remember any of the plot points at all. Yeah, I. <laughs> I remember Danger Zone. Yeah, I, I need to go watch, watch it just because, like, it's like, I watched, um, oh, what's the the other Tom Cruise movie, the, the You Can't Handle the Truth? Um, Jerry Maguire? Oh, no, A Few Good Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, I, I, to be honest, I actually really liked A Few Good Men, even though I think it's kind of bad. Well, it's, it's a bad it's long It's like bad movie. in a realism yeah, sense, yeah. but, like, a good in a narrative sense, that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. No, but, like, you know, I, I feel like Jerry Maguire, A Few Good Men, and Top Gun are all, like, the, like... You can confuse one for the other. That maybe Gattaca too, right? Like, they're all just kind of like this. That wasn't even Tom Cruise. Gattaca was Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Oh, was he? Yeah. Well, it shows I you think the other one I think of for Tom Cruise is Rain Man in that. Oh, in yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rain Man. Rain Man was him and Dustin Hoffman, and yeah. that was also right in that time period. Man, I wonder if you could make Rain Man today, right? Like, have Dustin Hoffman play like a like a severely autistic person. Uh, I do that, not know. That is, yeah. um. There was one where I think it was um, uh, one another famous actor plays like a guy like a, a mentally disabled guy with a kid. Sean I saw, Penn, I remember this. Was, I am was, Sam. Yeah, I am Sam. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Um, but the only other thing to mention, I think, about Forza is uh, they wanted to make very sure that we knew that it was a, an authentic depiction of Mexico in Forza Five Horizons. <laughs> Um, so the part of this that was really funny to me is they said it's, this is an authentic and, you know, and like painstakingly recreated version. And then it's like, what if the events is we drop piñatas on the ground and you run into them to collect them? <laughs> this is like very authentic, very authentic Microsoft. Um, okay, wait. So what are, what are the last things? Uh, yeah. So Square Enix... Square Enix, I felt like, did not have anything interesting real, real, except for Guardians of the Galaxy. That was my that was my takeaway. Real quick, before we go away from Xbox, okay. the very last thing they they, they they did as a teaser is they were releasing a mini fridge shaped like an Xbox Series X, which is the biggest okay, fucking ship post. Funny. Yeah, yeah, that is also a pretty big ship post. And then, oh, and then the other thing we talked about this before is they're adding a million games to Game Pass. Yes, uh, Doom Eternal is coming to Game Pass. I remember because I was like, I have never played either Doom or Doom Eternal, and I should do that on Game Pass because I obviously. Uh, it's like those good games, games are good games. Yeah. Um, so uh, and a bunch of other games are going to to Game Pass. So Square. 
So Square Enix, yeah. So Square Enix did a bunch of stuff. A lot of it I did not care about, except for Guardians of the Galaxy, which everyone was yelling about because you could you in the Guardians of the Galaxy game you can only play as Star Lord. Star Lord. Yeah. And also they don't have the likenesses of the actual actors, which I think is good. But people on Twitter were very mad about. Do you have any thoughts about that? So I think it would be fine if they got like. So I, I've talked about this before when we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy is I don't like movie Drax because comic book Drax is a lot smarter. Um, and something yeah. I liked about the trailer is it looked like they made um, – uh, what's the what's the this the female assassin's character name? My, Gamora. Gamora. Like Gamora seems more like comic book Gamora, which thumbs up yeah. for me. But it seems like everybody else is trying to be their movie their – movie, their movie character personality, at that point, I think it's a problem if they don't have the likenesses, right? Like, I agree with you. I agree with you for sure. Like, I do think that, uh, I mean, the reason they don't do this likeness stuff is just, like, contract bullshit, right? Like, Chris yeah. Pratt owns his own likeness, and you have to pay a gigantic licensing fee in order to get his likeness in, in the game. Um, but uh, uh, I think I was not interested in the gameplay footage no, that I saw. I just thought this was... I don't know, rote and, and boring and uninteresting. Which is maybe because, like, I in a certain sense, I'm a little over the Marvel Cinematic Universe also. Like, Black, we talked about Black Widow is coming out or whatever. Um, and I, I, I guess the Eternals trailer dropped and I just, like, could not muster yeah. anything to care about it. Um, but, you know. Yeah. Um, the other big game from know. Square was... Uh, Final Fantasy Origins, Strangers of Paradise, um, which is just being memed to hell because like it's chaos. I hate chaos. I'm here to destroy chaos, right? Like that was that was the big memes. It looks it's my it's my team ninja was the people that did uh, Neo. Um, we'll see, I guess. Um, These those, like this is another Forza for me. Like this game is not made for me, so I feel like I don't have it. A- I don't have an opinion. <laughs> the, the, the other big meme to come out of this is they dropped a demo at the same time, and the demo didn't work. You downloaded it, and it was instantly corrupted, and everyone was like, chaos! <laughs> what? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's, that's good shit. Okay, what else got? Uh, what uh, else got so the, other, the, other, the other shows where there was the... Oh my god, we haven't talked about Nintendo at all. Fuck. Yeah. So, real quick. There was a PC game show and the Games Radio show. Um, as shows, they were silly, right? Like, the game, PC game show is always, like, some, like, weirdly sponsored, like, the, the, mo- the best, the, the best slash worst one was when they were sponsored by Drake's Cakes, and the fucking Drake's Cake duck was, like, out on stage with, like, one of the hosts one year. But this year, it was MechWarrior 5, so at least it's in-universe. It was still a dumb storyline, but, like, it's what you expect from the show. The Games Radar mm. show, which is, like, the secondary show, was, like, so frenetic, it was, like, announcement, 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 announcement. Um, and like you know, just like little game clips, but like you know, like ten seconds for each game. A PC gaming show. The only big things were like Gabe Newell showed up on screen for like five seconds, um, and uh, the guy. Oh, because he announced Steam Next Fest, right? Yeah, and so I think he actually did. He mention Grime in that. I remember we were talking about that, but I didn't actually see that part. Um, uh, he didn't mention any game specifically when he when he talked. Okay. I don't think. Um, just that a bunch of games would be available. Um, to 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 demo the other big funny part of that is the new blood guys um who are like the like kind of like the big retro dev studio right now um they last year they there was an issue with their trailer that didn't play right and so this year the joke was is that he was talking and then day nine is like uh, all right wait wait we're gonna bump you because gabe newell wants to talk 
Um, <laughs> and that was that was. Uh, I love day nine. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was it was a big joke. Um, uh, and so the the I think it's like the, it's either it's like the, either the lead dev or the head of the studio is like fuck you, you know, like it was it was it was, it was very funny. But um, in terms of announcements, there was some cool stuff there. But like I like the PC gaming show because it's like always a ton of smaller titles, right? Like um, like there was. Uh, uh, a couple of turn-based strategy games, just like a warband game, of some sort that I can't remember uh, the full name of. But there's a lot there, right? Um, uh, uh, but then, uh, sorry, we're, since we're running out of time, I guess we should we should go on to Nintendo, right? Which is the last big show. What happened today? Um, and the big announcements were one um, Tekken guy in Smash, which is no one really predicted, but like it makes sense, right? It's like the 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 big um, fighting, it's like another big fighting game character, and I think mm. the guys who actually, like, Smash is, I think, half published by Bandai Namco, and then Tekken, I think, is as well, so makes sense. Um, uh, the real big, I think, I think the really, really big announcement was the, um, the announcement of a new Metroid game coming out in the fall. Um, and not Metroid... Yeah, know. that was the one that, that yeah. I saw everyone posting about. It's called Metroid Dread, yeah. and is the fifth in like the series of true mm. sort of uh, 2D Metroid, Metroid games, Vania, right? like not yeah, a Metroid, yeah, yeah, right, like yeah, like a Metroidvania. Which um, I mean, part of it is that I'm on, is that a, like a lot of I, I feel like this is a genre that got kind of owned by indie games for the last couple of years, yeah. right? Like, what is a, you know, there's the big one that that got kickstarted by the the Castlevania guy, uh, um, Symphony of what is, uh, yeah, Bloodstained, Blood Bloodstained, Bloodstained, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, but like, like no big publishers have been, have been doing anything with Metroidvanias for the last, you know, however many years. So, uh, I think that was really interesting. I think that that was really cool to see, um, the, uh, it's kind of like return to form, even though I would love to go back to Metroid Prime. I, Metroid Prime 2, it was like, that was a, a huge game for me. I was like destroyed by that game. Yeah, no, when, and, you know, in two thousand four. <laughs> I mean, and the, they they had to proceed the announcement of Dread with you know we're still working on Metroid Prime Four. Don't worry, but uh, we're gonna show you this now. Um, yeah, which is it, so Dread is interesting because it's like obviously got that horror tinge, which the other Metroid games had, but not as much. And but like that's definitely a theme in kind of like the more modern, like the like like Axiom Verge is very much kind of like the horror element taken out pretty far. And I don't think this is as far as Axiom Verge, but um. Uh, I like I'm I'm excited for this game. It looks neat. Um, I'll yeah, probably get me it. too. I am absolutely definitely on board for uh, for Metroid Dread. The other big one for me was Breath of the Wild two, which I've yeah. still never played Breath of the Wild one, but that was a pretty monumental announcement. It felt like just because like I feel like Breath of the Wild one was a really big touchstone. Yeah. Game um, like if if we were to chart like gaming milestones, Breath of the Wild coming out was made a pretty big impact. Um, and uh, and so seeing a second one was, yeah. you know, I guess maybe predictable in a certain sense, but I don't know. Neat. I mean, it was, uh, to, to be fair, they announced it last, last year, but this is the first time we've seen any sort of, I think it was last year, the year before, but this is the first time we've seen anything, any gameplay at all. So that's uh, super neat. Um, what else? We also got like an Advance Wars remaster, which is neat. Like I've never seen any of those games before in my life. But really? You know, well, I, I guess I watched the trailer and I thought I was like, this looks fine. <laughs> it, it's neat because it was pixel art on the DS in its original in, incarnation. So like having it be like 3D ish models. 
Um, or no, it wasn't on the DS. It was on the Advance, right? Because that, okay. that's why it's called Advance Wars. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and then another one that was sweet was the new WarioWare. Did you oh, ever yeah. play the WarioWare games? Uh, not that I, I played the WarioWare games a lot in the Kmart in my childhood, right? Like, <laughs> in the video game section, they had, like, the, you know, like, the, the playable consoles and, like, you know, WarioWare was Yeah, we games. played a lot of WarioWare on the Wii because, uh, like, when that came out, just because it was, like, a very fun party game. Yeah. Um, as, uh, you know, like, it's just it's just all mini games basically, like, back-to-back. You just play you just play a bunch of mini games and sort of like waste time with your friends, which you know, hey man, like that's a that's a good time. Set me the fuck up. Speaking of which they announced like a Mario Party collection. Like which has like a bunch of mini games and like a it's like a it's like a best of hits. Uh, which is I mean, I would love to play a Mario Party two uh what was it called? Mario Party Superstar is a collection of past maps and minigames. I would love to play, like, a remaster of Mario Party 2 because I played so much of that when I was a kid. Also, I, I think this is going to be a sleeper hit, is Mario Golf comes out in, like, two weeks. And uh, I, I know that you're, like, a real golf player and you can play real golf mode. But they've also got, like, battle golf and, like, this one mode that looks insane to me. It's golf racing. You basically hit the ball. like you. It's like, plays like regular golf. But you sprint to your ball, and the idea is to sink your ball as fast as possible. Um, just like you're, you're like literally. It's like if it's like how like little kids play golf. Like uh, if you don't tell them how it works, but you're just like ah, I gotta get the ball in first, right? So, I am actually legitimately pumped for golf, but I also think I want to not play it because I'd be mad about it. Like I, you know, like if I, I, I think. I don't know. A part of me thinks that these uh, these games are very cool and very fun, and um, you know, like like Mario Tennis, for instance, is a is a great game, and I love that game. But I feel like if I was like a tennis player, it would really bug it would really bother me. By the way, Nick in the chat says best of all mini games. Yeah, so it's a bunch of stuff from the N sixty four versions of the game. So uh, I'm like looking at these details now. So it's like maps from the original Mario parties that were on the N sixty four, and a bunch of like you know, uh, the mini games that were on those, those titles. So that's what the Mario party superstars collection is. By the way, chat, if you had a game that you thought was particularly exceptional, um, feel free to post it in the chat and maybe we'll talk about it while we go through our weeks. Cause, uh, that's pretty much everything. Um, I, I mean, that's all the, the big shows. I heard the Capcom show was bad and I heard the wholesome show was fine, but, uh, nothing super. Oh yeah. Involved. The Capcom show was also bad. All they did was announce the new, uh, DLC because everybody likes that the, everyone simps for that vampire lady. Uh, oh, Lady Demetrius, you? Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that was the other big thing. Um, at the Square conference, I think the um the Platinum game, Babylon's Fall, um was announced like it was announced that it's a live service game, and I saw everybody on Twitter and Twitter being like, "Oh, fuck." Um, oh yeah, I also saw that as well. Um, I don't know. If it's good, I won't care, but I also probably won't play it unless uh, unless it reviews well. So that's not going to be in Game Pass. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was your week like? I mean, we it's been two weeks since we've recorded, right? Because yeah. you you went on vacation last week. So. Yep. So my week um, does not have a lot of like traditional uh, media stuff. I uh, I went I went down to Florida to enjoy the sun. Um, I think there's some interesting stuff there because like. I went, the first thing I did was I went to a podcast meetup, 
and like I had very much had kind of like a very parasocial moment, right? Like one of the one of the guys there was like, um, one of the like they had like a surprise guest that was like a, a person that I had been that I had been reading and following for a very long time, and I was like, oh, it's this guy. And I'm just like, and like I got to talk to him afterwards. Like, you have no idea who I am, and I've been listening to you for years. And he's like, like that the very kind of biting, you know, like, oh, <laughs> moment. Um, but other I went to like uh, what else did I? I do I ended up playing a lot of uh, there's like a like a let me let me tell you the name of this game because this mobile game takes up a ton of my time. Uh, it's called Star Battle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically like Star Battle. It's like it's it's a puzzle game. I play a lot of puzzle games on my okay. phone. Um, and you basically like you have to like fill in a grid like with star like you have to put two stars in each row, two stars in each column and two stars within each shape that's drawn within it, and you have to figure out how they go together. Um, and these things are like, like these types of games are like cracked me. They're like things I do while I listen to podcasts. It's all like, it's in the like, and I, like, it's fun for me to like figure out like the generalized rules, right? Like for this game, there's like some repeating shapes and I can tell, like I can look at it and be like, oh, that shape means that these stars go in this formation, right? So like I can like buzz through the really easy puzzles. Um, what else? I went to, uh, I, I went from Miami to Orlando, and Orlando I went to um, an EDM concert, and I feel old because I was like, what is this music? This is not the EDM I remember from my youth. Um, um, basically, part of this is that, like, um, Trap's been popular for a while in this concert. This festival is very Trap-heavy, and uh, this is the part where I really did feel like an old man, is like, it's like this all sounds the same to me. I don't understand. <laughs> um they just don't do it like when when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just that like smaller artists buy their like just kind of the reason they're smaller is because they they're less distinct and less impactful. Like towards the end of the night, I definitely heard some sets. Like part of the reason I went is I recognized some of the names, and um, they were definitely playing their newer stuff that's more trap inspired than I'm personally. Uh, for for the EDM fans that they're more into hard style and drum and bass, um, and like um, so this is this is fun. There's a band called Nero. Um, who has been, they're a trio, but it's been one guy doing doing uh, DJ sets for like the past three or four years because the other two went and had a kid together. Um, and so they they, they stopped touring. Um, so, uh, but the rumor is, is they're, they're going to come back at some point soon. So maybe, uh, but uh, they played a DJ set, which was nice. Um, and there were, like I said, there were a couple of things that, that were nice, but... Uh, when 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 they play DJ sets, what does that what does that mean? Do they do actual like turntabling, right? Like putting yeah. Well, so that's that is the, like most people are doing, DJ sets as it were because like that's like what most of EDM is, but um, specifically it's with in this context it's without, the other members and which are typically the vocalists, right? It's just like the guy who is like the producer, who is always the producer, but he's just doing he's just doing that and like. You know, there's no my performance uh, component. Um, okay, very cool. Um, uh, the name of the fe festival is Forbidden Kingdom, and uh, they had dragons at, like, the, like it was, like, fantasy-themed. The show had lore, which I thought was neat. They had, like, dragon eggs that, like, slowly hatched over the course of the weekend. Um, so it was very neat aesthetically, but uh, musically it wasn't, wasn't, my, uh, wasn't my favorite. Um, and I ended up watching a lot of E3 shows in my hotel room. So that was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a lot of my week. Um, 
I don't know. I also eat nice. Well, fair food, enough. Yeah. I've been doing a bunch of a, a bunch of shit. Um, you know, uh, obviously there's the, the uh, there's always like the undercurrent of like playing WoW, right? Like, but um, the big things <clears throat> that I did this week, I went back to. I have been trying so hard to play Total War Warhammer Two again, but I may have just like maxed myself out on that game um, because over the past like two weeks, I have been playing like three or four turns at a time in a wood elf campaign just because i wanted to beat definitively beat the new wood elf experience right which honestly turned out to be insanely fun but it was just like man playing those end turns was just like mind-numbing it was at that it's kind of at that point where like nobody can really threaten you and you're just sort of like counting down the the, the turns to do the thing um which like and, and th there's just so much maintenance and upkeep and things that are demanding your attention that it just, like, becomes very boring very quickly. Uh, but the final battle was really insane. It's the same final battle that I used to have. But if you do it right, you can just, um, you know, one of the things is that the Wood Elves get is a bunch of bonuses to doing forest battles. And obviously the final battle is in a forest. So, like, there's a, an improvement that says you get 100% extra ammunition for all of your you know, all of your troops if they're in a forest battle. And the whole point of that final forest battle is you fight against waves of beastmen coming in, right? And in the original version of that forest battle, it's actually very difficult because you run out of ammo on your archers insanely quickly, right? So you have to be, like, very judicious with where are you using your archers to put out your damage. But with the extra ammo, my archers could just kind of, like, fire for the entire time, um, which made it easier but also more fun just because like i was microing my archers to fire instead of to tell them to stop firing which is less fun than telling them to just blow certain things up um over the over the course of the whole thing which was honestly pretty great and pretty fun but the other big thing that i started playing was no man's sky of which i've only put in a couple of hours at this point right like maybe five or so hours um, and it is simultaneously, like a lot of games that I've played, it's, it's, you know, very, like, Valheim, right? Very, like, uh, you know, uh, Minecraft, any of these kinds of, like, builder games, right? Obviously, I never really played, like, Ark or whatever, but I'm sure it's similar. Um, but the scale, I had no conception for the size and scale of, uh, No Man's Sky. Where, like, even the planets are insanely huge. I I expected these planets to kind of be like game planets where it's like, you know, it suggests the idea, but it's like, no, a No Man's Sky planet is legitimately thousands and thousands of miles long. And there, it is just filled with shit. You know, it's just like filled with stuff. And it boggles my mind how they made this game. I have no idea, you know, it... It, it is crazy that I guess it's living up to living up to that sort of promise. Though the game has a lot more direction now than I understand it had on launch, which is good. I I like, uh, uh, I, I refunded it on launch because it wasn't good on launch. Um, what what was it What was it like on launch? Could you what What could you even do? Not much. Um, like you could kind of like mine resources and like put them in your ship and like fly to new planets. Um, uh, there. So Internet Historian has a a, a video. Um, the title card says, uh, uh, yes, woman's land. Um, and, uh, it's called the engoodening of no man's sky. Um, and yeah. it basically tells a story about how, like, you know, they released the, they should have released this game in early access. Um, it like got overhyped and what's his name, Sean, whatever his name is basically like 
overpromised and like the, the the way internet historian tells it's very kind of like sympathetic it's like he's like a game developer and like sony put him in, on like news shows and like he's just like uh yeah i guess we're gonna have the greatest game of all time <laughs> and uh and then when they launched a failure they didn't speak to anyone for like six months and then dropped an update that made it significantly better and that's what they've been doing ever since so um, yeah, I mean, I had, you, you know, there's like base building and stuff like that. So that's really what it comes down to. It, and it really feels like, uh, you know, I, I go to a place, I build a base, I collect a couple of resources, I do a little thing. There's like a little like quest marker thing in the corner that just kind of like tells you like kind of what you should do next. Um, but that core loop was just very satisfying, right? Like, oh, go to go to a place, build a base. Oh, here's a new starship. I'm going to put my... I'm gonna try and fix this starship and add it to my starship collection. I have to do it now. I have to go find a bunch of resources to do the starship to put it in my collection. Like I, you know, one of the one of the crazy things, and I think maybe the most innovative mechanic in this game at all is a language mechanic of I can't talk to any of the fucking aliens. I don't speak their language, but I can learn their language by walking up to these like writings that they have, and like you inspect the writing, and it teaches you a word a single word of the language right um but as you start getting words you get weapon you get interloper you get you know um you get gun you get like a bunch of different and and now i'm starting to understand a little bit more oh this guy is a traitor this guy is a you know whatever else just because i can see some of these words or whatever and i was like this is legitimately crazy and sweet like this idea that I'm like really exploring a galaxy kind of like from, you know, from absolutely nothing or whatever. Um, my one problem with the game is that it has save points. When you enter or exit a starship or you use a save beacon, you create a save point. Uh, and it fucking crashes all the time. So I've lost a ton of saves, which was really frustrating. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's my, I guess that's my experience with, uh, with No Man's Sky so far. Fuck. All right. So I, I got a couple more things to, to talk about, one of which is directly sure. relevant. Um, so the other big thing that happened is Guilty Gear Strive launched this week, and I didn't get to play it while I was on vacation. So I came home, and I was, like, so ready to play it. And uh, I downloaded it, and I pulled out my fight stick, and it launches. It's like, oh, we still need to install, like, the story or whatever. Do you want to play a CPU match? I'm like, okay, sure. And so I pulled out my fight stick, and I started playing, and it's like, oh, one of my buttons is sticking. Um I haven't cleaned it in a long time, so oh, I'll take it apart and clean it. And I went to pull out one of the button, pull out the button, and it fucking cracked. So I can't play. <laughs> I'm waiting for. I, I ordered more new buttons, and they're coming in tomorrow. So I haven't got to play this game I've been so hyped for, uh, for a long time. I actually watched a Guilty Gear stream for a while, because uh, I just like I saw on my like following list um, that somebody was playing Guilty Gear, and he was playing Potemkin. Uh, and he was just wrecking people on his stream, like people who were maybe like fifty people, right? That were that were watching his stream, and he was just like queuing into matches with them, and he was fucking demolishing all of them, basically, because I guess they're just not as good as he is. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I think Potemkin's also got a lot of potential for like noob stomping, is because like I feel like that's just kind of like the ambit of grapplers, right? Because they they don't work a lot like other characters, right? Like you you basically yeah. bypass grabs, or not grabs, you basically bypass blocks by grabbing. Um, which you can do with any character, but it's particular like that's what you're supposed to do with uh, with grapplers. So, um. yeah, he had some. He, his thing was aerial. He was like constantly knocking people into the air and doing these aerials with them. Which I guess I have, I have no idea if that's a thing for Potemkin, but 
That was just based on the 30 minutes of stream I was watching. Oh, you mean like, like would he like knock him into the air and then like he'd play a cinematic and he'd jump up after them? No, 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 no. Like he would knock him into the air and then do some kind of, I don't know, jump Did punch thing. Oh, oh, the, the, the fist, the mega fist. The mega fist is, is like a very small, that's another noob crushing web. Like there were games during, I, I feel, I almost feel bad about it. There were games during the, the beta where I would just like mega fist over and over again. And like people would be like, oh, I don't know how to deal with it. It's like, then you're gonna fucking yeah, fist. Yeah, his, and he, his strategy also included this thing where you just fall on the ground and you do a shockwave along the ground. Yeah. So it's like either meet me in the air where I punch you in the face really hard. Or you stay on the ground and I, yeah, oh yeah, the, the, flop over. Yeah, the, the flop doesn't do a lot of damage, but like, um, it get you know, he can't dash, but he can't dash. He can dash backwards, but he can't dash forward. Um, and so he, part a big part of any grappler's game is is closing the distance and like getting the grabs off. So, um, there's also like there's apparently a lot of tech that I need to learn that you can like you can like, it's called car canceling, but he's got like a shoulder charge, but you can cancel the actual hit part. So that you slide forward while you're doing like your grab, so you get like extra range on the grab. It's a little bit, it's super intricate. Um, if anybody cares and wants to know about it, Ruflemonger is a streamer. He just put up a video about how to do it. Um, I'll link, I guess I'll link it in the description. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to get my buttons so I can fucking play the game. Um, uh, what else is there to talk about? Oh, um, another big announcement that wasn't tied to E3, but um, Crowfall, one of the Kickstarter MMOs, is coming out in July. Um, which is like, it's the first one, like, you know, of all the big Kickstarter MMOs, I think it's the first one that actually hit release. Um, they're, it's later than they wanted it to, but, uh, it's, it's coming. Um, I will say, like, I didn't back into Kickstarter, but I did buy it at some point along the line. I haven't really played any of the beta stuff, but I'm going to check it out in July, I guess. Yeah. Crowfall and New World are also coming, because New World is... New World is the Amazon game, but that's not a Kickstarter game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, those, those are, I just think of those as the two big, uh... Amazon, or the two big MMOs coming out soon. The 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 other one, I don't know if it's coming out soon, but the other big Kickstarter MMO is um From the Ashes, I think. Creation from the Ashes, I think that's the name of it. Um uh, me a book. Uh what am I what am I thinking? Ashes of Creation. Oh, Ashes of Creation, okay. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. Um they got in a little bit of trouble or they, they got into trouble in that people were mad at PAX West a few years ago because um, they were giving out hats that said, make MMOs great again. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it was like, you know, whatever. But then, like, there were a bunch of people that were like, just like screeching about it. It's like, guys, it's, it's a hat. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so the Yeah, I'm, inter I'm always interested by these games because the promise of them is always this, you know, it, with, with Crowfall, it was like, you know, you'll change the face of the world forever. With Ashes of Creations, it's your journey will shape the face of, of Vera. So I think there's this, like, promise of, like, here's an MMO where you get to, you know, you, you are fundamentally changing the game world with your actions. Um, <clears throat> so, 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 you know. The, the I think the way they're doing it with Crowfall is pretty clever. It The way it works is that the, like, game worlds spin up, like, at regular intervals and they last like for like three to uh, three months to like two years I think um, and like but then like it's over right and there's different phases for the campaign and then you can take stuff out of them um, and then there are different rule sets for how you can go into other worlds right like what you can take with you what you can't um, 
And so uh, I think that's a neat way to kind of like let you have some of those bigger lasting impacts, especially like, and you have your own player housing essentially, which is called your eternal kingdom, um, which is, is totally persistent, but it's a good way to kind of like, I think it's a neat way to have that kind of like long lasting impact without making it so that like new players are totally fucked. Right. Like, so, so I definitely think, yeah, I get that. Like looking ideas. at, looking at ashes of creation, it is, it seems to all, all be entirely be about this, which I think is really interesting. And if I were to make an MMO, this would be the direction I would go. Right. Like, you know, like riot, for instance, and that's, they're making an MMO. Like, I don't think I would want to compete with, you know, like wow or whatever on, in terms of creating like that hardcore rating experience. Right. Like that's sort of their, their thing. Like, like Final Fantasy sort of does this, right? Like, there is just no, no one no one else on the planet is going to do mythic raiding. Like, wow, does mythic raiding. So you find, like, other avenues to sort of take advantage of. So I feel like this is actually pretty, like, smart and interesting. But, man, I, I do not know how these guys... How, how do you put it together, right? Like, one of the things is that, like, they say that cities will rise and fall as you shape the world of Vera... And like quests and secrets will unlock as the po as you change like the population. And I do actually remember reading this a while ago where like they talk about like the when you do the quest that says bring the builder guy fifteen piles of wood, right? He takes that wood and he builds a house, right? And and the and the place becomes more populous or whatever. But it's like I just really wonder how the underlying structure of that goes because it's kind of like phasing content in and out constantly, which seems nuts to me. Yeah, but, like, that or, like, you have to have a way to, like, destroy the houses, right? Like, you either have to yeah. phase it so it's unique. To, so I, I think I think this comes down to, like, what I think, like, the, the problem with MMOs is, is, like, I think the idea is they wants you to be part of, like, a... Like, I think the fantasy is actually akin more to, like, a and d game, but it doesn't work like that because everybody's a hero, right? Like, I think I think the kind of the platonic ideal of an MMO would be a game that's populated by a bunch of like normal people and like some of you are heroes but your actual interaction with other players is relatively limited right like mm -hmm. like I think Destiny's patrols kind of work this way I don't think it works perfectly because I don't think it's got like enough of the normalization stuff but like if you wanted to feel like a hero in a living breathing world you need a lot of not heroes and MMOs are not that MMOs yeah. are like you know a full population of heroes everybody's a hero which um, I don't know. I just I, it's it's uh, I I think I think every once in a while people try and like capture that kind of like base fantasy or like you know everything's within the player's hands. But then like you you get into weird persistence problems, which is why I think you need to do clever things to kind of mitigate that. Which I think the, crow, the like they said the Crowfall limited campaigns I think an interesting version of that. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but obviously it's not it's not super ideal, right? Because like you know you you. Ideally, you'd want to be able to do a full, a fully continuous thing, but then you you can't. You you're going to drive off new players. So, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. That's that's a crazy market to be in. Oh, you know, like I I had an argument with somebody the other day where we were talking about, you know, he was talking about the problem with with WoW PvP, and he was like, gear shouldn't matter in PvP, right? Like you should, it should only be skill. And I just think, like, in my argument, that's just anathema to an MMO, yeah. right? Like, the promise of playing an MMO is that your gear matters. And it matters for a long time, right? When I play a game of League of Legends and I walk out of that game, I lose everything. You know, I don't have my Infinity Edge. I don't have my gold, right? I start at ground zero from the next game, right? Like, the, the duration of that game is 45 minutes. The duration of a WoW patch is months. And every piece of gear I get, I know that this piece of gear is going to be, you know, like, 
useful like later on. So I just like I I I just don't see a way that you can get around that. But it is a really interesting question because like like especially now we're 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 at a point in the season where like if you want to get started in PvP, you just have to get pub stomped for the next eighty years until you grind enough whatever to get you know a baseline set of gear until you can really like start competing um which you know man that's that's tough like i don't know how to yeah i really know how you get around no no because I, I think you're like i think there's like a version of wow like a version of wow pvp without gear but like it also seems like the game's not like frankly i don't think it's 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 good enough to justify that right like i I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. I think it absolutely has to matter. I think the ideal version of this is that there's always enough people playing, that like, um, you know, if you're new, you're just fighting against other new players in the PvP yep. mode. But I also don't think that that happens, right? Like, there's just like there's not enough people playing for that to be true. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, in my experience, that is like something that we've been doing as we like wait for people to get on to do mythics or whatever. Is we'll just like queue for rated arenas, which has honestly been very fun because we're obviously incredibly geared PVE players, but the the way WoW PvE is designed or PvP is designed is it specifically cares about versatility. You want a lot of versatility, and I don't want any versatility in my PvE armor, right? So, um, so I may be incredibly high item level, but I'm actually pretty vulnerable in a PvP sense, just because I I haven't I don't have a stacked like verse set. Um, but our matches have been pretty balanced. You know, we we maybe go you know one and one more you know, we have like a 50-ish percent win rate um as a group of people who don't do any pvp at all just kind of coming in and seeing you know seeing what it's like uh but yeah i i mean i think that's one of the greater problems in wow i see naked in the chat said i didn't think you're mattered in all modes like it's impossible to level through pvp yes it is possible to level through pvp but your gear does matter for that you know that experience i feel like one of the tough things about wow is it is so many different games in one yeah. right like it is simultaneously like a small group co-op game if you're playing mythic plus it's a big co-op thing if you're playing raids it's you know it's a competitive pvp game for small scale arenas for large scale rated battlegrounds it's pet battles it's collecting it's profession you know what i mean and it's just like man i do not envy the wow developers having to try to like balance through all of that you know, yeah all that stuff yeah and it's i honestly think that like pvp's got to be one of the things to, that, that suffers a little bit more like just because like i don't think that's the main draw of the game right because like pvp is fun but it's not particularly good <laughs> honestly right like you know if like I, I have fun playing pvp but if i really wanted to play a pvp game i'd go play guilty gear strife right or like you know yeah i i agree with you i also don't i just think that wow itself is a game that this is one of the things i like about wow wow is a game about dedication as much as it is about skill well that's probably not true it's more about skill than dedication but part of the promise of a game like wow is you know what if you put in the time you're gonna get it you know like you're gonna get a reward that makes you more powerful you do not have to be an incredibly skilled raider to get pretty good gear right you know, you if you want to end the patch at item level two hundred and five, and you're you you're doing the world boss, you're doing you're doing whatever. If you put the time in, you'll get there. Whereas in other games, you know, unless you're grind, you like you you never get that essentially, right? Um, and obviously, the game also has ahead of the curve. It has KSM. It has higher item level gears for players who are performing at a higher item level or like at a at a higher level, right? So if you do put in the time to get good, there are like 
rewards for that as well. But, you know, I, th I think in a way, my real argument is maybe that's okay. Part of the game is just about putting the time in. And if you're not willing to put the time in to get the gear at PvP, go find another game, right? Like, this just is not the final one. This is not the game for you. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely fair. Well, we actually have to go raid in 10 minutes. So we should that's probably true. wrap this up. Uh, if you'd like to email us about uh, anything that you saw at E3 or any other things we talked about in this podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at simdosplaygames.com or simdosplaygames at gmail.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash simdosplaygames. Uh, rate and review us on podcast places, uh, comment on SoundCloud, anything you want. Um, that's everything I have. Buddy, you have anything you want to promote? I do have one thing I would like to promote, uh, and I would recommend uh, as part of... This got announced at Destructoid yesterday. Uh, there is a demo live now for Grime, which we have talked about a little bit. Souls like Metroidvania. Um, Grime doesn't have a release date. You know, like the game isn't done. But we did put a demo out there that is the first level up through the first boss. Um, so I would definitely recommend picking it up and playing because it's fun. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, with that, I will say uh, until next time, your listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.